Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey. I'm your host today with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Each week at this time, we come to you with a different in-depth interview with a different creative Mississippian, and that can be an artist, a musician, a performer, or someone who works in uh, helping to present the arts in their community. Today, I'm up in Starkville, Mississippi, at Mississippi State University. I'd like to thank the folks at Mississippi State's libraries, uh, Stephen Canetto in particular, for helping us, uh, give me some space here to record and talk with some of the faculty here. And uh, joining me right now is uh, Dr. Robert Dom. He is the Director of Music Education Partnerships at Mississippi State. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, Larry. Now, you have a very unique place. You, you are a drummer and a percussionist, a musician, a performer, but you kind of have a very unique little uh, role that you fill here at across some different areas in your, in your teaching here. And so, so I was hoping people, you could tell a little bit about that. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, over the years, I have uh, developed, I guess, as you said, uh, a unique role in the community here at Mississippi State and in the state. And that's because, as you said, I'm a, a musician and an educator. And in this role, I like to um, model for the students' musicianship. And at the same time, I like to um, develop the musicianship of my students. I uh, began primarily as a um, music education specialist here at Mississippi State. And I happen to be a percussionist as well, so I developed the the percussion ensemble here and um, uh, the curriculum for teaching our percussion majors. But uh, I gradually uh, began to focus more on the music education side, and that includes um, elementary uh, music education. And that's because I was also doing a lot of outreach regarding uh, world music, especially African music. And um, at this point, I've uh, become really the world music specialist here at Mississippi State in the music department, uh, actually teaching a course dedicated to world music as well as some other courses specializing in various uh, culturally specific musics from around the world. Looking at your, your CV, you, you started as a, as a student of music. You've been through, you know, kind of the conservatory programs. How Talk a little bit about kind of your your beginnings as a musician, as a drummer, and, and, and how you got interested specifically in the, uh, the music of Africa. The school, when I was uh, in fourth grade, uh, offered uh, a band program. And at first I was uh, reticent to, uh, to show any interest in that. But um, when my parents uh, said, hey, we got to at least go check it out, and we had an opportunity to see the different instruments and hear them and at that point um, a high school drummer came out and played a solo and um, the drum just just called to me happened to be sitting beside my dad at the time and he looked at me and said is that what you want to do and I said oh yeah I definitely I want to do that and uh, I can't quite understand what it was about the drum but uh, from that moment on uh, it's something I just wanted to do and then uh, in high school, I was attending uh, a summer camp dedicated to a fairly comprehensive percussion program. 
And uh, among my teachers at the camp was a master musician from Ghana. His name is Oscar Soli. I think uh, he's since retired back to Ghana. But at the time, he was here in the United States uh, teaching about African music and culture. And so it just completely blew my mind uh, that there was a different way of making music in which uh, there was no music stand, no uh, notated music. The drumming was, was passed on orally and um, included improvisation. It was integrated with song and dance. It uh, expressed joy. It was a celebration, really, in a, in a way that I hadn't really felt that music could, could be. And so that was the beginning of my, my journey into the study of, uh, of Africa by, by participating in it first as a, as a young drummer and then following that all the way uh, to Ghana myself in uh, 2004, and then again in 2011, I, I lived for three months in Mali, the home of the, uh, the djembe. Picked up my first djembe around 2000, and then uh, finally, after uh, playing on it for a while, said, I, 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 need to, I need to find out where this really came from. So that's a part of West Africa that's now uh, Mali and Guinea and other countries, but hundreds of years ago was one massive African empire. So that was a, a very rich experience for me to, to have an apprenticeship uh, with a mentor teacher who taught me only not just how to play the rhythm, but to show me uh, where it came from. So as a, as a young drummer in that, did you go into the, the rock and roll uh, drum set world or was it playing in bands in that? Or what, did you focus in kind of in the orchestral, the tradition, you know, the more learned tradition? I had the, the formal training and the participation in the school band, which I enjoyed, and then soon the offering to play in, in the school jazz band as well, which then led to a little bit of uh, freelance uh, jazz playing for parties and receptions and things. And um, actually, not so much rock and roll, but um, the first successful band that I was in in high school was uh, a blues band, actually. It was... Uh, Several older fellows who uh, were playing in a blues band, and uh, they were at the university. My, my little hometown of Quincy, Illinois, had a university, and they were all there at the university but needed a drummer. So uh, they brought me in, and uh, we played blues standards and originals, and that was a band called the Mud Hens. <laughs> and uh, I really, uh, as far as playing drum set goes, uh, I'm most comfortable playing blues. So you pursued music throughout your college career, right? And I see you, you went to University of North Texas, which is a very, very, high, for folks who don't know, very highly regarded music school, especially kind of in the jazz tradition. After um, completing my undergraduate and master's in music ed, I was a, a band director for a while. And then um, I knew that I needed to, uh, to learn a lot more about percussion, especially drum set and world percussion. And that's where I started looking into uh, programs around the country and uh, ultimately had a good fit there at North Texas. When I, when I visited the, the campus, um, there was a Latin percussion class going on in one of the rooms. And um, I was able to meet with Ed Sof, one of the drum set teachers, and he gave me a lesson and was encouraging. I met with the director of the percussion program, and he talked to me about 
the world music that was happening there and also said since I had that background in music ed there would be a place for me uh, to be teaching uh, music ed students so it was a good fit and then uh, while I was there not only taking the, the classes and studying percussion uh, playing in the school band I, I was also able to um, play in a Brazilian percussion ensemble especially the African percussion ensemble with lots of guests coming in from Africa uh, and so that's where um, my my knowledge and experience in world music expanded and um, even took courses in ethnomusicology with uh, one of the professors there and and um, so all those experiences um, furthered my my understanding and interest of world music which I carried with me when I when I came to Mississippi State as a professor we're talking with dr. Robert Dom he's the director of Music Education Partnerships at Mississippi State here on the Arts Hour today. One thing I wanted you to point out, you know, even though you ha you had the, you know, the kind of the, the training in terms of percussion, these these different traditions you're talking about, the Brazilian tradition and then all the, they're all worlds unto themselves, right? I mean, like I, I know just from a little bit of Brazilian percussion training I've had each you know, it, it's an orchestra of percussion <laughs> instruments that you could spend a lifetime with. And so I'm, I'm curious about how you figured out, okay, this is the, this is where I want to go in that because there's so many options and so many places you could go across the world. That's true. Um, I guess I, I go back to this connection I had with the um, African drumming and uh, the African rhythm and the understanding that came that um, African drumming is a, is a communication and uh, not only that, what Oscar Soli told me was that the drum itself is sacred. And so when you, when you tap into the spiritual side of the drumming, that is something that you just uh, you don't forget about that. And so although you could say uh, Brazilian drumming and uh, Cuban drumming are uh, completely different worlds, that's true, but um, they both have in common the, uh, the heritage of Africa, the roots of Africa. And so... Yeah. It's, I would say that although I have uh, dabbled into, say, um, Japanese taiko drumming or uh, Indonesian gamelan, uh, the music that um, I connect with the most is uh, the African uh, traditional music and the African diaspora, which includes Brazil and, and the Caribbean. Welcome back to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Dr. Robert Dom. He's the Director of Music Education Partnerships at Mississippi State. And in that role as Director of Music Education Partnerships, one of the things you've been pretty involved with lately is, is kind of bringing the, the tradition of the drum circle to Mississippi State and bringing it across your work and, and spreading the idea of the drum circle. So talk a little bit just about drum circle as a, as a concept and then what you've been doing with it. Well, one of the most interesting things I've, I've been doing the last five, six years is that uh, we have a drum circle class at Mississippi State. It's intended only for uh, freshmen and um, transfers, and it's part of what we call the first year experience. Re research has uh, proven that as uh, students come to the university, if they can have one class that they enjoy, perhaps uh, one friend that they might meet in a class, or even finding one teacher who gets to know them a little bit, that that pays huge dividends in terms of uh, GPA and ultimately um, graduation rate. So uh, I have this class, uh, Recreational Drumming. We meet um, 
every Monday morning at 9 o'clock, and it's um, in-the-moment drumming. It's uh, improvised freestyle drumming. Uh, often I uh, prompt the students with a concept or a rhythm or some kind of foundational uh, groove, and then we, we play on that. And um, no previous uh, drumming uh, technique is required, and it's a way for us to connect with each other um, socially, I guess you could say, with uh, factoring in the power of the drum. And so that's what uh, we call a drum circle. We, we sit in a circle, we play drums and other percussion instruments, and it's all um, improvised music. And it's a very powerful way to develop the synergy that happens. Uh, it's greater than the sum of the parts because you feel uh, a, a musical experience and you feel a community experience. So that's what I'm building on and that's what I'm taking to, uh, to people all over the state recently. And maybe can you, can you think of any examples from your classes of kids you've seen who've maybe drawn them out or, you know, when you talk about these benefits, what are maybe an example or two that you can think of how it's affected people? Um, one student that I had was a transfer student, and uh, he was in my drum circle class. And uh, sometime after a few weeks, he uh, talked to me after class and uh, said, although um, I'm a forestry major, um, this is my favorite class. And I was wondering if I could uh, change my major to music. And um, it was never my intention to uh, recruit uh, students to be music majors in this drum circle class. But um, he switched his major to music and then began taking um, voice lessons and piano lessons. And from me, he took uh, djembe lessons. And um, I thought that was a, a powerful message that... Um, uh, a student would um, be moved by one class to um, want to change majors. And, and I'm guessing it's just creating that welcoming environment that they're not, you know, you don't, you can't do this perfectly, but, you know, everybody's participating and you're not being judged and it kind of opens people to the idea of, of being creative, maybe that they've never thought of before. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't say it better. That's exactly right. It's uh, fostering uh, creativity and at the same time, uh, fostering the experience of uh, music socially. And I guess this connects back to Africa, which is a, a place where music is communal. Everyone participates. You may not be the master drummer or the master dancer, but you're never sitting passively in a chair uh, far from the festival. You participate in the festival uh, clapping your hands, singing along, moving in whatever way you can. So the connection to African music in the drum circle is is that idea that it's not a uh, performance. It's not a rehearsal for a future performance. It's a, a celebration, always. And so how do you, when you talk about kind of moving this outside the university to community settings or other places where you could see this having benefit talk about like kind of your 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 work in expanding the idea or or at least trying to spread this idea uh one setting could be um k-12 schools um not too long ago actually i was in your neighborhood down in uh, madison middle middle school they were celebrating a uh, continents of the world day and they set me up uh in the library with my chairs and my instruments and um 
this turned out to be one of the centers uh, uh, throughout the school where children would be coming in, drum with me for a while, then move on to the next center. But that was a way for them to um, instantly um, connect to drumming, to the culture, because I would tell them a little bit about the instruments and a little bit about a rhythm that I could use to prompt them to get started. Maybe we could sing a song together uh, from an African language, and I would tell them what it means. So that's one example. Um, another would be, um, say, a member of, of this community who um, I found out was um, having a, a serious illness, and so we organized a, a community drum circle for her, her fam family and friends, and um, we integrated this particular circle with um, a, a spiritual aspect of, of uh, prayers for her healing. And we had her uh, priest come and be a part of it, and he, he carried on with the ritual of uh, anointing of the sick. And um, so it turned into be a um, sort of a multifaceted uh, gathering, uh, integrating the power of the drum, the power of the circle, and plus the power of prayer all together as a way to convey to her that she was uh, loved and cared for and that we, we wanted all the best for her. So that's another example of how um, the concept of the drum circle can be personalized for any given uh, theme or community need. Excellent. You're listening to the Arts Hour, and today our guest is Dr. Robert Dom. He's the Director of Music Education Partnerships at Mississippi State. Now, you mentioned in passing, kind of in, in the first section, about um, your your two kind of big trips to kind of learn from the West African drum masters, Ghana and Mali, and going to those countries. And I, we, I'm sure you could we could spend the whole <laughs> hour talking about that. But I was hoping you could just maybe pick one of those two, talk a little bit about how you know that experience and and what what came out of it for you. Let me talk about my most uh, recent experience, which was uh, Mali. And so a lot of things came from that, including the fact that uh, my mentor teacher there, uh, Basidi Kone, uh, eventually came here to Mississippi. Uh, I never thought that would happen, but um, I, I assisted him in... Um, in applying to perform at an international percussion convention in Indianapolis a couple years ago. And uh, when he was, in fact, invited, um, instead of flying straight to Indianapolis, I had him fly here to Mississippi. And then we spent uh, over a week doing workshops around the state. We were here at Mississippi State. We were on the campus of uh, Ole Miss. We gave workshops in Tupelo and Starkville. And so... Um, not only uh, <clears throat> have I been sharing what I learned in Mali, but actually I was able to bring a culture bearer himself, uh, my teacher, uh, to Mississippi to expand on uh, what I can give the students who are interested in that. When you were in Mali, was this like, were you living with him? Were you in the same community? What, what was your routine like in terms of the, the instruction? Uh, every day I would uh, meet my teacher uh, in the local park uh, for drum lessons. Um, I lived with him or members of his family uh, while I was there. Mali is uh, not what you would call a, a tourist uh, destination, actually. And uh, at the time that I went there, 
Uh, it was on a list of places that the U.S. government said U.S. citizens uh, should never go. At the time, there was some uh, al-Qaeda kidnappings going on around Timbuktu there in the northern Mali. And so um, it was a hard place to live, actually. But at the same time, it was so uh, culturally uh, rich for me. So um, I at first had a language barrier. Um, my teacher did not speak English, and uh, I was uh, taking lessons every day in um, his uh, language, uh, Mama Nakan. And so uh, eventually, um, uh, as my language skills developed, we were able to communicate uh, uh, more deeply. And um, I was also there uh, with, with a program of other students who were studying various aspects of uh, life in Mali. So with that program, um, I took... Uh, various weekend trips to other parts of uh, the country to uh, learn about uh, everything from the history of slavery uh, to the impact of um, Islam and finally um, the, the power of music and so actually uh, what happened was just a few months after I left uh, the government was uh, overthrown with the coup and to this day um, it's even uh, less stable and even uh, less accessible. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to go there when I did and uh, to um, to get that understanding of the place where the djembe was born. And I assume some of those things you've kind of incorporated into your own teaching. I mean, are, are there specific approaches that he had as a teacher that you've kind of incorporated in your own lessons for students? I would say everything from the specific way of holding the drum and how to hit the drum as well as some philosophical things like uh, like like a statement that he would often say to me uh, uh, simply uh, doni doni which means uh, little by little so sometimes I would be frustrated that I couldn't learn the rhythms as quickly as I wanted to I would get almost uh, crippled by my frustration and so he would draw upon this uh, this uh, philosophical idea that little by little the bird builds her nest or little by little you will uh, you will learn to play this rhythm so that's something that all students need to to hear about but in this case it has a a cultural tie back to Africa that's wonderful that's Thank great you. welcome back for our final segment of the arts hour today and our guest today is Dr. Robert Dom he's the director of music education partnerships at Mississippi State and he teaches drumming and African-American music and, and lots of different things here at the university. And we're here visiting today uh, doing the interview. We just heard a track from the latest uh, Big Joe Shelton uh, record. He's a blues musician from Macon, Mississippi, and he's been on the artist roster for many years. Uh, but uh, Robert, you play drums with him. And I was talk a little bit about your work with Big Joe and, and, and some about kind of the blues scene here in the Golden Triangle. Uh, it's been my honor to play with uh, Big Joe Shelton for uh, going on about six years now and also to have recorded uh, two, two CDs with him, the latest uh, Riding a Chicken, from which you just heard that track. Big Joe uh, writes these songs and then uh, the band together collectively uh, arranges those uh, lyrics and records the albums. And we've been playing uh, around the state and uh, a little bit beyond. Particularly, we like playing for uh, blues festivals. We go to a lot of festivals throughout the state, uh, especially uh, out in the Delta and Clarksdale. And um, sometimes we do some club dates as well. And um, 
as I said before, I just love playing uh, blues music, and I've uh, had a really good experience uh, playing with uh, Big Joe, who he sings and plays uh, harmonica, and then we've got Ed Swan on bass, and uh, my friend Ben Farrell on guitar, and um, that's uh, Big Joe Shelton and the Black Prairie Blues Ambassadors. I think the interesting thing about Big Joe as a performer is that he he tries to tell the story. I mean, he's from this area. He grew up here, and he was influenced by all the blues musicians from this area. Um, and so he incorporates that in in his perform. I mean, in his in his songs, he and and on his stage show, he will kind of tell stories about the different musicians that he learned from, and that. And so he really kind of tries to carry the tradition of this specific area, this specific region, kind of to the the broader public. Uh, that's what that's what I like about it too. He um, he knows the history of the music, and it's a big influence on him, and he acknowledges that. So. Uh, we some of our songs are, are tributes to the the blues singers that have come before us, like uh, in particular Willie King. We have a song uh, about Willie King and his life, and we always dedicate that to Willie King. Uh, other uh, musicians like Howlin' Wolf uh, from West Point and Buck White from up in Aberdeen. All these local musicians that are internationally known for their for their uh, blues music. That's a part of uh, of. Uh, our repertoire in terms of our style and our um, our knowledge of, of where it came from. We we can uh, bring in a lot of influences into our music, whether you'd be surprised when you listen to other tracks on this latest album that you could hear some uh, country, some reggae, some uh, rumba, all different kinds of music. And the reason that we're comfortable doing that is because, uh, you know, we, we know where we're coming from and we know where our blues roots are. And so... Uh, it's exciting, actually, to uh, play uh, with Big Joe. We do original music, and um, it's a wide variety of styles within that um, label, blues. Yeah. And in addition to blues, of course, you also kind of step over into the jazz world as well. Uh, locally, I'm, I'm playing with the jazz trio called the Hepcats, which is uh, Jim Beatty on bass and bass guitar, and Doug Thomas on saxophone. And uh, our regular gig is playing um, jazz brunch at the local grill, but we also play uh, private parties for wedding receptions and uh, things like that. Now, in, in terms of your um, African drumming world, do you take your stuff out to uh, schools and other black history programs and other settings and out into the community and so you've done a lot of work in that and so you mentioned a little bit about going to Madison but talk about some of the other places where you you, you take your uh, your program well since I, I began teaching at Mississippi State almost 25 years ago a big part of uh, what I do is outreach service I feel very committed uh, to sharing uh, music with young uh, children in the schools and um, what I used to often do was uh, go by myself into the schools and take drums and uh, kind of do a show-and-tell routine. But over the years, uh, I have a lot of uh, students that are learning djembe and other African uh, percussion instruments. So we've organized our own uh, performing group called Djembe Den, and we uh, specialize in the traditional dance rhythms of West Africa. And so we're taking this group... Uh, out into the schools. Uh, this past Black History Month, we uh, 
we were uh, visiting preschools and kindergartens and uh, elementary schools and we have about a, a 45 minute program in which we play about 10 different dance rhythms and throughout the program sing songs and and uh, share information about the instruments and the countries where this music uh, originated. And, and and talk about, this is not all just djembe drums, right? You're, you're, you're bringing kind of a, a, a variety of, of percussion instruments or, um, or is it When we're playing djembe? the traditional instruments of, of, of Mali and Guinea, uh, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, the West African uh, countries that uh, currently um, feature the djembe in the traditional music. We, we play the djembe, and this music is uh, polyrhythmic, so we might have three, four, f- five different djembe rhythms playing at the same time, uh, which are all accompanied by three different size uh, bass drums called dunduns. So the rhythm becomes uh, very dense. It's almost like a, a fabric or a, a thick texture of, of drums, and to which that we sometimes add other instruments as well as uh, uh, songs. Um, you're listening to the Arts Hour, and our guest today is Dr. Robert Dom. He's the Director of Music Education Partnerships at Mississippi State. We're up here at, uh, talking with him and some other artists who work in the Starkville area. Um, one thing I'm noticing in, your, in, in an article that was written about you recently is um, that you have a, also have a connection to the African students here on campus. And I was curious to hear about kind of the, you know, I assume that's a very small, but, you know, like where the folks come from and, and, and kind of your interactions with them. Uh, that all began about 10 years ago when I was uh, planning my first trip to uh, Ghana. And in preparation for that trip, I, um, I met a graduate student here at Mississippi State from Ghana. And uh, we began a, a friendship that lasted that whole year in which we uh, eventually started uh these outreach programs that I've been telling you about where we would go to the schools and talk about Africa and uh, show them instruments, tell stories, sing songs, and that kind of thing. And uh, that was the beginning of what became the African Student Association. Um, That first student I I had was named uh, Kwame, which means uh, born on Saturday. He soon graduated, and uh, I became acquainted with a second student from Ghana. His name, Peter Ampim. So I teased uh, Peter that, hey, you need to start the uh, African Student Association because if you don't, I will, and I'm not a student, <laughs> and I'm not African for that matter. So uh, he took up the role of uh, president of the first ASA, and uh, our mission is to teach uh, the community about the diversity of Africa and also uh, to provide a sense of uh, community for students from Africa. Uh, more than 100 students are here oh, wow. on campus from Africa and from all different countries, and often they arrive here not knowing that there are other African students, and so they, they can feel isolated or marginalized. But um, through this organization, um, they have a sense of uh, community and purpose. And... Um, for almost 10 years, I was the uh, official faculty advisor for that organization. And um, in the last few years, I've passed that on to an, another faculty member. I'm currently not their advisor, but um, have fond memories of, uh, of the times that I uh, uh, spent working with African students here at Mississippi State. And do, 
are, are there ever any musicians that come out of that group or the, is it primarily they're they're focused on kind of uh, fellowshipping with with the others it's uh mostly fellowship but it's interesting that um that we use music and drumming uh to to unify the group and for our cultural programs which includes singing and dancing as well and uh but it's just uh i guess you could say ironic that um none of these students had even thought of themselves as drummers or had really played drums back in the cities and villages uh in Africa, and so um, they find themselves um, taking on a, a new role as uh, culture bearers here at Mississippi State. And is that something that they they want to do, or is that do they like? I don't want to be typecast as the African, you know, that plays drums, or you know, I'm, I'm um, just curious if that's kind of a could be a friction point for them, maybe. I think that they um, have only positive. Uh, attitudes about drums and drumming, singing and dancing. They acknowledge that it's um, primarily uh, a traditional art form, and many of them are um, from the cities. And there are various aspects of traditional life which they say, hey, um, I'm from the city, we don't do this, we don't do that. But as far as music goes, they seem to always be enthusiastic about that part of uh, African culture. Hmm. Are there specific areas in kind of in your world music and percussion studies that in particular you're working on right now? Like, is there a new pursuit or are you kind of working on in your own in your own playing? What what kind of what kind of things are you working on right now or trying to focus on? Uh, Right now, I am continuing my focus um, on uh, djembe drumming for myself and for my students. I become aware of a new certification curriculum that's available uh, here in the United States and around the world. The the um, grandmaster of djembe drumming is uh, Mamadi Keita of Guinea, and uh, he and his students have created a curriculum. And uh, you can move through this curriculum, and by playing it, four certified teachers uh, achieve uh, a certification. It's a certain credential that you can have that is endorsed by Mamadi Keita and his uh, uh, students. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that, especially um, a year from now. I plan to be on a sabbatical leave from Mississippi State and uh, at that time being dedicated to uh, my own study of djembe. And then also of uh, finding and uh, using resources here in Mississippi for myself and for uh, my students. So I'm arranging right now for someone from your artist roster, uh, uh, Baba Asante Knowles, to come uh, here sometime this uh, this month and uh, give a workshop to my students. Um, a past member of your artist roster is uh, uh, Charles Wasir Johnson, who uh, for the longest time has been, uh, I think, living out in uh, North Carolina. I understand that he's back here in Mississippi, right. and I would like to... Uh, become reacquainted with him and also bring him in uh, to my group and um, integrate him as a, a member of my group, Jembe Dan, uh, for uh, cultural and educational programs throughout the state. Yeah, that would be great. He was very active as a roster artist and, yeah. a, and a presenter and a speaker for when he was living in Tupelo here like about 10, 15 years ago. Right. He's, uh, I really enjoyed my time with him and um, my hope is to reconnect with him and, and others in the state that share my 
my interest in African uh, culture and drumming and also my passion for educating uh, children especially and children of all ages in this area about um, the diversity and the, the beauty and power of African cultures. Yeah. If people are interested in learning more about your, your work and, and the groups that you play with, what, what, what's a good place on the web to send them to? I, I think the easiest uh, place to, to find me would be um, my uh, professional web page, which is um, at Mississippi State University. So um, as you're on our website for Mississippi State, just go to the music department, and then you'll see a picture of me there playing my uh, djembe drum. Click on that, and that will give you all kinds of information about uh, who I am and what I'm doing and uh, my email address. So from there, please send me an email. I'd love to talk to you, and i uh, love to talk to you about what we could do together, uh, any, any type of collaboration that you have in mind, whether it be uh, musical or educational. And you're on YouTube as well, right? You've got a channel? I've got my YouTube channel, Robert Dom. Uh, my D-A-M-M. D-A-M-M. And there you'll find um, videos of uh, everything from Mississippi State's uh, percussion ensemble to uh, performances with local bands, including uh, Big Joe Shelton and uh, other bands that I play with. So, um, yeah, please check it out. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, Larry. Thank you so much.